You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. The Lord shared this with me last night. I was in here praying, and I had other stuff I was going to minister, and I'm just always... I'm always at a place of like, Lord, what do you have? What are you saying? And I believe that this is a, this is a word, this is something everybody could grab a hold of, but this is a word for our church. It's a word for you guys. And I, about a month ago, maybe five, six weeks ago, I shared something that after nine years, if you'll remember this, and I went back and listened, I said nine years like 17 times. I'm like, why did I say nine years so much? But after nine years, I could confidently say that we've come to a place of unity within our church to where a lot of the silly garbage that goes on in churches and has for centuries, that that stuff basically had come to an end. And we, we've not like we've arrived, but we have arrived to this level of not having all of that garbage. And there's occasionally some fires that have to be put out or whatever, and we walk through that. But then the Lord last night began to open. I said, Lord, what? Because it got quiet in prayer. I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? And so I wrote down, I said, what do you want to say to your people? It was like that moment where the Lord was like, ask me because I have something to tell you. And so after I asked that, I, I wrote for like an hour and 15 minutes straight. He started to speak to me and he unfolded something to me. And oftentimes we talk about love in a very, uh, a very broad sense, but we don't break down the fact that there are levels of love. There are levels of coming to uh, walking in love. And I want to start... And if you will just go, I didn't discuss any of this with her how to do this, but we're gonna do um, we're gonna do one, two, three, four, five. Is what actually we'll do five, four, three, two, one is what we'll do. But we're gonna start with the bottom one. And so what I want to do is I want to talk to you about just for a few moments. I had I don't have a whole lot of time left. I want to talk to you about the fact that there are and uh, I wasn't gonna share this, but when Katie, I was like, okay, we're gonna be done for today. But when Katie said something about uh, preparing or having people prepared and we've been preparing. The Lord was just saying, this is more preparing. This is more preparing. So I need you to listen really tight and right for 20, 18 minutes, not 2018, but 18 minutes. I need you to listen real strong for 18 minutes. Everybody say, I can do it. I can listen. I have ears to hear. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I want to show you this. The Lord all of a sudden last night unfolded this, that there are different levels of love, and then he began to show me where our church is, and we have room to grow, but there's no discouragement in that. It's just a, a simple reality. Can we pull 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we're going to go to verse 11, 1 Thessalonians 3 and 11, and we're going to read 11, 12, and 13. If we could pull it up, we can just all read it here together. And then right after this, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But look up here at this, and we're going to read 11, 12, and 13. It says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. So notice his prayer here, that you would abound and increase in love. I can tell you now, I've got a pretty good revelation of the love of God. It's radically transformed my life, radically. And I can, I can say this with no, no merit to myself, but I've got a better revelation of the love of God than a lot of people I've met because it's transformed the way I relate to God, and it's continuing to transform the way I relate to people because I'm not perfect at it. 
but there's already room, there's, there's always room for increase. And he says, and may the Lord, go back to 12 real quick, then we'll go 12, 13. And may the Lord make you increase. Everybody say increase. And abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. Verse 13. It says, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. Let me tell you something that, that is in every revival that you will find. There's multiple things, common denominators that are there. Prayer is one of those things. Uh, worship, strong worship is usually a part, but also holiness. And sometimes I have a, a if I can say it, a, a fear. I have a fear to preach or talk about holiness because a lot of our minds go to a place of he's preaching on holiness so that I live holy so that God will do something. And that's not the perspective that we come from. We understand that God has already made us born again, righteous and holy, Ephesians 4 and 24. So we come from a revelation of how God has already made us. Nevertheless, go pull that verse back up. Nevertheless, I believe that there is an increase, and I think everyone could attest that we could increase in the manifestation of holiness, and he is a holy God. And whenever you see and you go and you look through revival history, you will find that there was an emphasis on holiness. I think sometimes there, because the revelation of, of grace maybe wasn't uh, real strong, sometimes they emphasize people living holy so that God would do something. But I like to emphasize living holy because that's the nature that we are. And that's the nature of who God is. And it's so, so that so if you go back and look at the verse before, it says that you would increase and abound in love. And then verse 13 says, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. So we need to abound and increase in love so that our hearts can be established blameless and holy before God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is the next verse. Next one we've got up there, flip over one chapter to verse 9. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 9. And it says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. So he says, I don't need to write to you about this, but I'm writing to you about it anyways. And indeed you know, and excuse me, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia, but we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Here we have one book, two different chapters, the same letter, and he's encouraging them to increase in their love. But he's writing to people, he said, you already know the love of God. God's already taught love to you, but I'm asking you to increase in it. And when I read this, the Lord began to speak to me, and he said, there are levels of love that people have to come into. And the greater level of love you operate in, the greater measure of glory and manifestation you'll see in your life. See, this is a, this is a, this is a corporate thing. You can take this and apply it to your personal life, and that's actually where the rubber meets the road. You make a decision to say, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to apply it. But as we do that individually, and we, and we actually put it into practice, it becomes a corporate anointing that's there. And we manifest the measure of God that he has for us to manifest. But we just have to be willing to in, increase. You know, the Bible says that greater love has no man than he lay down his life for his friends. So if you can have greater, how many of y'all understand that you can have lesser? 
there are levels of God's love. We come into a, a level or a measure, but then it's important that we increase. You can also find this, and I'm not going to take time to read it, but just tell you very quickly, you can see this with Peter. Peter came to, to or Jesus had just got done telling the, the disciples, he said, he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you. You're not going to see me, and these things are going to happen. And uh, Peter ends up saying, he's like, you know, well, let me go back and read it because I'm not saying it quite right. Go to John chapter 14, I think. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I've got it right here in front of me. How about that? No, I don't either. That's why I'm drawing a blank. I have it back there. Is it John 14? The Lord just gave me this last night. I'm sorry I didn't have time to prepare it very well. John chapter 14. If it's up on the board, tell me. John 14 and what verse? Oh, it's verse 37. John 13, 37. There it is. John 13 and 37. Listen, it says, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? Because Jesus was saying, you can't follow me. You can't go where I'm going, all this. And he said, I will lay down my life for your sake. That sounds a whole lot like the greatest love that there is. Because Jesus said, greater love has no man than he lay down his life. And Peter had the right words. He said, I would lay down my life for your sake. But Jesus, being the prophet that he was, knew exactly where Peter's level of love was. This is so telling, so important. Peter didn't know except that Jesus revealed it to him. Sometimes we think that we're at a really high level of love, and we're just not. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us where we are at in terms of our love for God, but also our love for people. And I'm going to show you what those levels are in here just one moment. And then the next verse, of course, Jesus said and answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? And you could just kind of hear like, really, Peter, you think you would do this? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Doesn't sound like the laying down kind of, laying your life down kind of love, does it? Peter thought he had it. Jesus knew better and said, I'm going to tell you what's getting ready to happen. And you would have thought with all the strength that Peter had in him that he could have denied denying. You would have thought he could have been like, oh, that's the thing that Jesus said was going to happen? I'm definitely not going to do that. But your level of love will cause you to manifest out of you and into situations whatever level you're at, period. You won't be able to help it. If you're at a low level of love, you'll operate and manifest the low level. If he was really at the highest level, really at the highest level, then he never would have denied Jesus. Because the highest level where there is no greater love is that someone would literally lay down their life. And when Peter got, he got confronted, one of them was by a little girl. Do you know this man? Oh, I don't know that guy. You could hear in Peter's mind was, <laughs> and he did it three times, and of course, then the rooster crowed. But look at this in John chapter 21. This, oh, this is so telling. Peter thought he was at the highest level. Jesus said, no, you're not at the highest level. And then Peter began, Jesus began to question Peter. This was after he was already resurrected. And he began to question Peter. And in verse 13 of John chapter 21, oh, this is so good. He said, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? If you go and look at the what he's saying here, he's saying, do you agape me? 
unconditional love with no strings attached. Do you agape me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. I have a brotherly love for you, but I don't have the kind of love that would lay down my life. You and I both know that's true. Why are you asking me this? <laughs> I added a little bit in there, but you can see that. And, and he said, you know that I love you. You know that I phileo you. Yes, to, uh, he said yes to him. Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He was testing him. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, he's like, why are you reminding me of the fact that I just denied you? He said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You just read my mail. You said what I was going to do that I didn't want to do, that I ended up doing the thing that I didn't want to do that you said that I was going to do. You know it. Why are you asking me this? He said, you know that I phileo you. And then Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You know what Jesus was trying to get him to do? To be honest about where he was at in the level of his love. Because if you're not honest about where you're at, how, how can you grow? How can you get past it? How can you mature? How can you move to another level? And this is why this is so important right now, right here, right now, is because we have moved into a realm of love in this church, but it's not the highest level yet. And I say yet because that is our destiny. That is what God has called us to. And so, Father, I just thank you that, Lord, I can only share with the words that I have. But I thank you by the Spirit of God that you will quicken this to them. I, th I thank you that there's a supernatural unction from the Holy Spirit to reveal where we are with zero condemnation, but where we are so that we, we can move into the realm, to the place, to the level of love that you would have us move into, to the highest level. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give you these, these levels of love. Number five. Number five is a level, this is the lowest level of love. This is what God, if you say, well, I think there's seven levels of love, then that's fine. These are the five that God gave me. The lowest level, and we're putting it at number five, is just recognizing people as humans. Now, we wouldn't call that love, but it has an element of, of love or relating to people in a positive way. You could put five levels of relating to people in a positive way. But I'm going to put levels of love because that's how the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. The first level is just recognizing people as human beings. A lot of the world doesn't operate in this level. Got news for you. A lot of the church doesn't operate in this level. People come in, they got stuff, and it's almost like they don't even look at them as if they're human beings. Jesus, when he, he met the man that when they crossed over the gathering demoniac that was possessed with a legion of demons, it says that Jesus saw a man possessed with demons. It didn't matter what people got going on in their life. They're people. And a very low, this is a very low level, is just to simply have a recognition. And when we're talking about a recognition or a, or a walking out or a level that we're at, we're talking about in the way that we think. We're talking about in our speech in our emotions, and in our actions. It's the way that we think in our speech, our emotions, and in our actions. And there shouldn't be any born-again believer 
that should ever be lower than this level. To where we look at people and we don't see them how God sees them. I understand when people get under your skin, it can be really easy to be frustrated or whatever. We've all been there. But something has to be turned in us. We have to have the love level turned up enough in us that we can look at them and be like, you are acting like a complete fool, but God loves you and so do I. Love coming from us, real true love coming from us, has nothing to do with their performance and it has nothing to do with our preference. It has nothing to do with their performance and nothing to do with our preference. Now, we have to make a decision to prefer them. I don't mean that. But sometimes it's just easy to be like, eh, I don't really prefer to go down that road. But especially on the inside of the church, on the inside where God's called us to be together, we can't afford to operate on that level. We have to get to a place to where we prefer people. I'll get to that in just a second. Number four, the next level up, is to where we put up with. And this is found in Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. I've only read it 700 times, but I'm going to misquote it if I don't read it. He says, I, be, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, bearing with one another, which actually means to put up with, to where you, you put up with people. Uh, we came, that was the level that as a whole, we crossed from five or below, <laughs> I'm just telling you what the Lord showed me, into a minimum of level four as a church. And that's why we stopped having problems. Because we literally got to a place to where everybody just decided, at the very least, I'm going to put up with you. <laughs> that's not the best but it's better, better than not even recognizing them as humans or having disdain. You could, you could draw a line there, and you could go below that to where you disdain people. You just can't stand to be around them. Listen, I've been in church my entire life. I've met some of the nastiest people in church and some of the best people out in the world. But not so of you. For you have learned love, and you walk in love, and you're growing in love, and you are abounding and increasing in love. I'm telling you, this is an incredible thing that God's doing here. And as we grow in this, the manifestation of what he has will also grow. I do not believe you can have God's best without doing God's best, which is loving people at the highest level. So we're going to grow into it. So it's just putting up with people. The next one on the rung there is where you get to where you prefer. You prefer one another. And preferring is basically just I will give to you before I give to me. Now there may not be a whole lot a whole lot of emotion and affection. I'm going to get that's actually the next one, but it's like, you know what? I'm going to prefer you before I prefer me. And as a whole, our church operates if if there was an average, this is the level that we operate at right here. And I'm proud to call you my people. Because I'm not trying to compare, but if you're comparing, I've never been in a church where people operate at this level consistently. You prefer other people. I, can, I have m probably almost any one of you in here that I could pick up the phone and call you and ask you something, and you would prefer what I have or what I need. 
And not just me, because sometimes it's like, well, of course, Pastor, I'll do it. And then someone else with the same need, and it's like, no, I don't have time for that. It's not just for me. It's for other people. You prefer one another, and I honor you for that. The next level, number two, is an affection. And let's look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, if we could pull this up on the screen here, Romans 12 and 10. Number two is where you have an affection, and this is what we would call like a brotherly love. It's a phileo kind of love to where you have empathy, emotion, uh, f- uh, feeling. You, uh, you're adorning towards people. Is this making sense without sounding weird? You have actually in you something that says, I genuinely care about your need. Now, I'm going to show you this, but actually, and the highest one, of course, we know is, and you can go ahead and write that on there, is uh, the laying down, let's see how I phrase it here, it's to lay down your life. That's the highest form of love. You know, you could have a laying down your life kind of love and not have a phileo love, and it wouldn't be as sweet. I mean, one of the things, yes, Jesus, one of the things that I think is so incredible about God is that he didn't just lay down his life for us. He actually tells us, I love you. And I'll have people come up and give us words. I have a word for you. God loves you. Just when you need it. When you're reading and you just, in the scriptures, and you're just not feeling loved, all of a sudden you'll come across something. And the Lord says, I love you. You know what that is? It's not a laying down of, uh, of your life kind of love, but it's an affectionate, brotherly, I genuinely love you. Now, Peter had that one because he said, you know, Jesus, I phileo you. I have an affection towards you, but I ain't willing to lay down my life for you. He, didn't, he wasn't there yet. He, he hadn't gotten to that point. And so we need to have both of those. But let's see, look here at Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, if we can pull that up. It says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. And if you go and look that up, it's the Greek word phileo, which is where the city of Philadelphia got its name from, which I don't think is very love, loving. But anyways, to one another with brotherly love and, and honor, giving preference to one another. And so there's this level of just affection and adoration that's there towards people. And then the last one, of course, and the highest one, which she already wrote down, is the kind of love that will lay down your life for somebody else. And this is saying the value of your life is greater than the value of mine. The value of your life is greater than the value of mine. And we have these really from four and above we're flowing in all of those things very consistently. The average, I really believe we're at, at a three where we just have a general, like, I prefer you, you prefer me. And, but we're moving into the number two. I'm telling you, we're moving into where we actually have an affection. And it's like this. You walk into church, and instead of being like, oh, there's Jerry or there's Sherry or whatever, it's like, oh, there's Jerry. I've been longing to see him all week. I just want to hug his necks. Oh, I, Sherry is just, I just love, it's that kind of thing. Now, some people are a little more over the top with that than others. I'm, I've had to learn to be affectionate with my words and with, you know, hugging people and things. So it's, it's a learned trait. But there's something special when it comes from not just changing your behavior, but to where you change your heart. To where you say, God, I want to see them the way that you see them. I want to look at them through your eyes, and I want to love them like you love them. And this is like in Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. You know, verse 17 says that if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 16 
Basically, it says this. Now we regard no one according to the flesh. There's a level of coming together to where we look past the flesh and we see people how God sees them. It doesn't mean we don't have to deal with things. It doesn't mean we don't have to grow. It doesn't mean we don't, the correction and things like that don't come and aren't a part. But we basically look at people with the general sense of, I'm looking prophetically at what God says about you and God on the inside of you and the spirit that's on the inside of you. I'm looking at that, and I choose to look at you through that filter as opposed to some of the things that are in your natural that aren't quite as appealing. Because if we'd be honest, we all have some things in our natural that are not all that appealing. And we need to look at people the way we want people to look at us. Amen. I wanted to, I didn't want to minister on this this morning. I didn't. I had other things. Like I was going to minister on, continue minister on authority and just, you know, taking back what the devil stole from us and get everybody shouting. That's what I really wanted. But the Lord said, no, no, this is what I have. Take this. And look and be honest, not like Peter, but like Peter after Jesus was resurrected. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know all things. You know where I'm at. Be honest about where you're at. I've had to be honest with different people at different times. And I've had to, it's like, I barely tolerate you. Like in my own heart, I barely can tolerate you because you're a knucklehead, you know. (laughs) Or I had issues in my own heart and I was being a knucklehead. And I had to deal with that stuff. But people are worth it. Listen, there's a commanded blessing on unity. And the highest level of unity is when we have a laying down your life kind of unity. This is Book of Acts Church. It says that they had all things in common. They came in. And they sold their possessions. And they brought their money in. So if you really love this church, you're going to sell all your land and you're going to bring all your money in. I'm kidding, okay? It was a special thing for that time, and there was different reasons probably why that happened. But it would be a willingness to say, everything I have, it belongs to these people that I am in covenant with and that God has called me to. And when we, we continue in this, I'm telling you, there's higher levels of glory and manifestation that the Lord has for us. Do you know that we already have a measure of glory that we operate in here? You know how I know this? It's because I listen to what people say. We have people come in. Week after week after week. We have visitors pretty much every week. We have people come in, and it's consistent. As my witness, as my witness, as my witness, and many of you know this, people come in and they'll say, you could just, I feel so loved here. I just, I feel so, just, you could just feel something here. People that maybe don't know the Lord all that well, they don't even have words for it. They're like, just the energy in this place is just really good. And it's like, yeah, that's the Holy Ghost. There's a level that we've come to. Why? Because we have We have pursued this. So what I'm telling you, church, pursue it more. Pursue it more. Get to a place, and this is where where the Lord totally wrecked me. I know I've shared this, but I'm going to share it real quick in closing because this this is the icing on the cake. It was about six months ago, seven months ago, and I I was out for a jog, and I was listening, or walk one of the two, and I was listening to Bill Johnson, and he told about how oftentimes being on just national stages in different places, he finds himself with other ministers that are very different than he is, that have a different flow. They even got different doctrine. They got different stuff. And he had learned years ago not to hate those people. He doesn't have any animosity in his heart towards them. But he found himself sitting on platforms literally right before he would get ready to minister, and he would look over, 
and he would just have an, kind of almost like an ignoring thing. And the Lord spoke to him, and he said, the opposite of love is not hate, it's complacency. And when I was listening to that in my ears, and I began to weep. I said, God, I've been complacent towards people. There's been people in my life who have been complacent. It was just easier to say, okay, I don't hate you, but I'm really not going to have anything to do with you. God doesn't do that with us. He doesn't think that way towards us. And there's some people you can't do anything with, and they're just going to be how they are. You can't fix everybody. I'm not saying that. But the greatest measure of love, it should be acted out, but at the very least, it should be at a level in our heart to where we look at people and we yearn for them to be loved and touched and changed and ministered to by the love of God, by the goodness of God. We yearn for it, that we come out of a place of complacency, that every person we come in contact with, our immediate thought is, Lord, how can I bless them? How can I give something to them? What can I do for them? Regardless of their performance or my natural preference at the moment, I'm taking a, a stand on the inside and I'm saying, I'm going to pursue that person in love. When we come to a place of operating in that kind of love and we're on our way there, there is nothing that will stop us. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.